I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to College Football Live, presented by... Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, we got to get back there and get our rest, and we got to get right back on this film here with Penn State because they have a very, very good defense. And this is going to be the biggest challenge of the year coming up. So uh, it, it, it's good. We do have some confidence, and we are playing at a high level, but that's not going to mean anything if we don't do it again next week. This is a good football team we're playing. I think Dave has done a fantastic job uh, from year one to year two of implementing his culture and his style of play. Uh, it's a sound football team. They play tough. They play hard. Looking forward to an opportunity to play in uh, what I think is one of the best games in all of college football in terms of the pageantry, the 50-50 stands, the neutral site, uh, really cool atmosphere that we'll get to play in, in Jacksonville and uh, looking forward to a really good football team. Uh, I got some big games coming up this weekend. Four top ten teams on the road, including the top two teams in the nation. Big games in the Big Ten East. Michigan traveling to East Lansing. Ohio State hosting Penn State. We're calling it Statement Saturday, and a lot of statements will be made over the next 29 minutes here on College Football Live, hopefully of the accurate variety. I'm Matt Schick along with Joey Galloway <laughs> and David Pollack. I'm the one sp- uh, wearing the sport jacket. We mentioned Georgia the number one team in all the land. But the question is, who will be QB one? Stetson Bennett has started four of the seven games this year, including the last three against Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky. JT Daniels has been out with a grade one latch strain, but should be available for the world's largest outdoor social gathering on Saturday. Here's Kirby Smart. <laughs> it's going to depend on how they practice and what they do. Is it likely that we will see both of them? I don't, I don't know. They haven't seen practice today. I'd like to see practice today to know a little better about, okay, well, where's he at? Based on Wednesday and Thursday, he was able to throw without pain. That's a step one. Next step is, can I move? Can I, uh, can I throw the accuracy? Can I do all the things that are required to, to play quarterback? So um, I, I, I don't know if he can do those things just yet. And we'll see you know, by, by how we practice this week. All right. I guess we'll see. Uh, David, let's start with you. If you're Kirby Smart, who are you rolling with on Saturday? This is very easy. Um, If you've been watching, I think uh, it's been very clear. Stetson Bennett helps the running game for Georgia through the roof. His play action has been one of the best in the country the past several weeks. His connection with Brock Bowers has been really, really good. Um, I don't see where there's a debate. You know, JT Daniel, if he was healthy, I don't know if there's a debate with what Stetson's been able to accomplish the last several weeks and how this offense is really, really cooking. So I think Stetson Bennett will be the guy no matter if JT's healthy or not. It's interesting because, like, when coaches say that thing about I got to see how practice is going is going during the week, uh, we sort of think that that is coach speak. But every offense, every coach, every offensive coordinator I've been around, that is a very true statement. Like, every single day during practice during the week, 
they need to get a feel for their quarterback. They get it. They have to like know that this guy knows what the reads are, what the defense are, what the calls are, what the audibles are, uh, those kind of things. So when he says, I got to wait and see, I absolutely believe Coach Smart in this situation when it's dealing with the quarterback, especially when you have a guy who's dealing with an injury uh, and coming back from that injury, if he's healthy, now you can actually sit down and evaluate what these two guys look like in practice and who's going to lead your team on Saturday. Yeah, the real question is, does it even matter for a defense that has given up just four touchdowns uh, all season? We'll see what they do on Saturday. On the Florida side, the quarterback situation appears to be unsettled but while Gator fans continue to pine for one Dan is not mulling it over saying he will play both against Georgia while Emory Jones has started every game for Florida this season the offense has been much more efficient with Anthony Richardson at the helm just take a look at the numbers here Emory Jones has developed as a passer completing nearly 68% of his attempts this season however Richardson has provided some explosiveness to that Gators offense when he's been on the field. Three more yards per pass attempt, two more yards per rush. All right, at last check, this point spreads around two touchdowns. So, Joey, fill in the blank here. Florida pulls off the upset if what? <laughs> if they can run the football. And I said the same thing about Kentucky uh, with Rodriguez Jr. going in there, who was leading the SEC at the same time. And so you say these things, if they can go in there and run the football, because Florida this season, unlike last season, they're a run-first football team. And that's the way their offense operates, and that's the way their offense finds success. So if they can run the football, then they got a chance to, to win this game. They have to be physical up front. I'm not saying that they can, but we have seen this Florida team, this Florida offense, have some success against a team like Alabama because they were able to run the ball, and it makes things a lot easier for your quarterback, no matter who that quarterback is, if you have success running the ball and force the defense to decipher or to figure out where the safeties, where the linebackers are going to be at. So running the ball is the key. All right, David, you know this program and this fan base really well. They're going to be double-digit favorites this weekend. They're going to be double-digit favorites in each of their remaining games in the regular season. What's the level of confidence that this fan base has right now collectively about what might be down the road here? <laughs> I'm just telling you, bro. I know everybody on the outside is like, Georgia's number one, clearly number one. Georgia fans, let me, let me get you behind the curtain. We have the Falcons. We have the Braves. We got a lot of bad history. We got second and 26 in the, SC, in the Dome several years ago against Alabama. We're not boastful. We're not beating our chest. Nothing to see here, Matt. Move on. Nothing to look at. Nothing to discuss. Cute little team. We're just going to keep trying to win some football games, maybe put some drives together, maybe somehow stumble into the SEC championship game. That's, that's, what, that's what Georgia fans feel like. That's fine, and that's all well and good, Joey, but pencil them in, right? Just pencil them in the playoff, right? Write them in. Don't listen to David. You're in. That's it. Done. Don't listen. Done. Nope. <laughs> Done. By the way, Georgia can become the World first Series. team, first team to clinch a spot in its conference championship game with a win this week and a Kentucky loss at Mississippi State. You know those conference title games are going to be here uh, right before you know it. So will the NFL draft. Up next... Todd McShay is back with his top 32 prospects of this college football season. Looking forward to that conversation. Plus, a battle of Big Ten unbeatens separated by just two spots in the polls, 60 miles on the road. Who's got the edge in East Lansing? 
College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You are watching College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau is typically one step ahead of his opponent on the football field. And for a guy who's pretty proficient at chess, that should come as no surprise. The Oregon standout recently sat down with Gene Wojciechowski for a conversation about gambits, offensive tackles, and the future. Chess is like football and like life. Once you make a move, you can't go back. These days, Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau is playing chess, while opposing offensive linemen are playing checkers. How you play chess is kind of like your personality, right? So me, being the defensive end, I'm more aggressive. I'm ready to risk it all. Hit from behind and taken down, sacked by Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, that's not fair. Explosive power. Instincts, awareness, change of direction. There's not many guys in the world that can do that to another grown man. It's pretty special watching him play every Saturday. We've seen Thibodeau on a football field. Now, we wanted to see all six foot five, 260 pounds of him in front of a chessboard. A match was arranged in the Oregon team meeting room. You go first, right? I'll go first. Ah, the Latvian gambit. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I read it someplace. That was a killer. I related to football because now you're in that point where how are you going to respond? When you play football or you you live life, you really understand that, you know, like one decision you make can change the scope for the rest of your life. Thibodeau says his life changed when his mother decided to move them from South Central Los Angeles to a new neighborhood and high school northwest of the city. Thibodeau blossomed academically, became the nation's number one football recruit, and then had to make his own defining decision. I'll be taking my talents to the University of Oregon. (laughs) When I chose Oregon, it was like, my plan is to use this next three to four years to set up the next 30 to 40 years. Deborah Morrison, a professor at Oregon School of Journalism and Communication, was part of the plan. I asked him what he wanted to study, and he explained that he wanted to tell stories and make an impact. He's taken advantage of broadcast lessons and of some of the workshops we've given. 
Kayvon Thibodeau, welcome to the building. Who's KT outside of football? Who are you? Anybody out there, you know, want to test my chess skills, just come find me. Mm -hmm. Hey, I kick your ass in some chess. His story is going to be bigger, if this is possible, than the football field. Thibodeau has launched his own cryptocurrency as a name, image, and likeness endorser. He'd like to pursue a career in sports broadcasting, but only after a career in the NFL. Well, I think we look at Kayvon Thibodeau and the dominance and the completeness to his game. He could be in line to be the number one pick overall in the 2022 draft. Is football a means to an end for you? Um, I think it's a means to a beginning. What I'm gonna do beyond football is gonna be my legacy. The field is kind of that grand station for all the different places I'm gonna go in life. This is turning poorly for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't even pretend it's a game anymore. This is the custodian, that's what I like to call it. I mean, I'm about to sweep up. Check. <sighs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was getting there. Yeah. Was... Thank you for taking it easy on me, though. He is a game changer. The defense looks totally different with number five out there. He's the king of the chessboard and the draft board. The man who was the number one player coming out of high school is the number one player in Todd McShay's latest top ten. A couple of other defensive ends in the top ten. The only quarterback in the top ten, Liberty's Malik Willis. More on that in a minute. Made my day to see the name Todd McShay in the rundown today. Todd, good to see you. Let's start with Kayvon Thibodeau, number one on your board. What impresses you the most about him? His complete game, you know, that, that, that's the whole thing. You're talking about 6'5", 255 pounds. He's long, he's powerful, he's got a great dip and rip move around the edge. He can work as an inside pass rusher too because of that combination of quickness and power. And you just look at the production too. Seven and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles in just five games this year. And if you want to study a tape, just go back to Saturday. In the upset over UCLA, how he played, four and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks and a forced fumble just against the Bruins in one outing. So this guy can be absolute dominant. And that's why we're talking about Thibodeau as a potential number one overall pick. Yeah, his only mistake in that game came in the post-game interview. So he was uh, pretty flawless during that. All right, let's get to the uh, the quarterbacks here. And I know you and Mel, you disagree a lot. That, that's, that makes for good television. But this is, this is stunning to me. So on the left, we got Mel. He's got Pickett, Corral, Ritter. And Malik Willis. No number next to Willis, meaning he's not ranked in his top 25, top 32 even. Todd McShay, you've got Malik Willis, not only your top quarterback, but number six overall. Explain yourself. Kuiper's watching the wrong tape, in my opinion. I mean, I, I see a lot of Kyler Murray in, in Malik Willis. Just the it, excitable game that he plays, how explosive he is creating, getting out of bad situations, throwing off platform, throwing off balance, and not only just, you know, dinking and dunking around, but 30, 40 yards down the field, lasers into tight spots. I'm just, I'm so impressed with his game. I know the last two outings haven't been great. He's been a little bit dinged up, uh, but if 
if you look at his whole catalog and what he can bring to a team, he is a big-time difference maker. And he's the type of quarterback that NFL teams are looking for now, a guy who can come in and, and really extend plays and do things with his feet as he continues to learn the game. So, listen, I love Kenny Pickett from Pitt and what he's done. He's moving up. Matt Corral has been really good for a second straight year in that Lane Kiffin offense. Uh, but I'll take Malik Willis in the top ten, and I think he has a really good chance to be the first quarterback selected. Going to be really interesting to see how he does in two weeks at Ole Miss. Really good test from there. Hey, by the way, mm -hmm. remember last year it was Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, uh, Zach Wilson, all of whom are starting now. Compare this crop quickly, if you would, to last year's crop. Not nearly as good. I mean, we thought Spencer Rattler was going to build on what he did a year ago, winds up getting benched against Texas, and, and there's no, you know, no, no end game in sight for him in terms of playing this year. So, and even uh, Sam Howell from North Carolina has not had the year that we expected out of him. So those are two potential first-rounders coming into the year that no longer are really in the discussion. And now you got Malik Willis playing really well. Kenny Pickett has moved up. But this, this class does not stack up to last year's group or even the last three or four years in terms of what we thought these quarterbacks could be coming out. All right, let's get to the number two guy on your board, Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, two-time consensus All-American. He's terrific. We haven't seen him in a while. His college career could be over. He's been out since early in the month with, with a foot surgery. So what about his pro career? What's the consensus there? I don't know if there's, there's a consensus because we haven't seen much of him. You know, three games this year, he just hasn't played much in the last two years. You go back to 2019 and you study that tape, he had six interceptions as a freshman. And he has everything you look for physically. He's long, he's, he's got oily hips, just so loose in terms of his ability to turn and run. He's got the top end speed. He's got the arm length you look for. He's got the ball production, as I mentioned before, with the six picks. But is he going to be healthy enough? You've got to study the medical if you're an NFL team and I think workouts are going to be critical for him not just you know combine and pro day workouts but individual workouts for teams just trying to get a feel for where he is and has his game slipped any or has he been able you know post injury is he going to be able to get back to the player he was in 2019 and if he is I think he's got a chance to be a top five pick he's that special from a talent standpoint. Todd McShay one of the best great to catch you up with you again always enjoy the conversation and the inside thank you. That's Todd McShay. Catch him Thanks, on ESPN.com for the latest. Uh, speaking of draft prospects, yeah, there'll be a bunch coming up this weekend. Michigan, Michigan State. Two matchups of ranked teams in the Big Ten this weekend. We'll get to that one coming up. Plus, got a great one Saturday night in Happy Valley. Trevion Henderson and Ohio State look to make a statement. The Buckeyes with four straight games of 50 or more points. It's our Saturday night football matchup presented by Capital One. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. This is strictly business. This is Sparta! Great dev game day back there. Now for this week's top performance presented by Invesco QQQ. Michigan's Blake Corm was run, run, run. 119 yards on 19 carries, two touchdowns. 
in Michigan's win against Northwestern. His first 100-yard rushing game against a Big Ten opponent. This week's opponent, pretty familiar one. Uh, you know, it's huge. You know, we're 7-0, they're 7-0. You know, they have some good DNs. The tackles are, are really nice, and they have some good backers. So I think, you know, our O-line just has to come off the ball physical like they have all year and really just read the keys after that, and I think we'll be successful. No, it, it's a big game. Uh, Michigan's a great team, and in order to get to Indianapolis, we must go through them. And, uh, you know, everybody on the team knows what they have, what we need to do in order, you know, to come out with a dub. Well, we know where we want to go, and that's to Indianapolis. And, um, team down the road, they're, uh, they're, they're trying to do the same thing, you know, so that, that's the significance. A big rivalry game on this is for the state championship, and I think just us being both undefeated as well just makes it, you know, that much bigger of a game. I mean, this is a playoff type game, and, you know, we're motivated, and we want to win this one. It's the first top 10 matchup between these two teams in 57 years. Takes place on Halloween Eve. Only appropriate it takes place in a place affectionately known as the Woodshed. David, uh, what stands out to you about this matchup? What do you have your eye on? First of all, I just love that they say the team down the road. I love when they disrespect <laughs> each other like that and, and create more um, juice and energy and excitement. We've seen little brother comments in the past too, but I think the, the pass rush from Michigan is fierce. Um, really, really good. Aiden Hutchinson's one of the best at his position. Um, you know, the, the Kuiper and McShay, those guys, they're high, he's high on their board because of what he can do getting after the passer. Um, so the counterpunch for me, can, can the Michigan State offensive line hold up? Can they run the football? Kenneth Walker, one of the best in the country, making guys miss, creating positive plays. He's going to get swarmed over and over and over again. I think he'll be the key to this matchup just to create enough um, enough balance because they're not going to drop back and, and just pass the ball every time and be successful blocking those dudes up front. So the balance in the run game uh, for Michigan State is going to be important. I think you could say the same thing basically about Michigan with, with Corman Haskins running the football. The key for their offense is can they be more physical up front? Can they control the line of scrimmage? And they have two running backs that you don't have to block everybody. They proved that last week. Uh, I don't know how many times I'm watching yep. a film there was a free man in the Northwestern defense that these running backs would just make completely miss and turn these runs that looked like they could have been three or four yard runs, turn them into 20 yard gains. And that's what this offense has been built around. This will be their toughest test. And then the question will come down to can Caden McNamara make a play downfield? Can Peyton Thorne make a play downfield? Because we all know that in this game, whoever runs the ball better has a chance to win. But which defense can force these quarterbacks to go out and make a play? Joey, 20 seconds here. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is 3-3 three and three against Michigan State. Obviously, a loss drops that to 3-4. and four. You, can, you know how fans are. You can hand in equity real quick to fan bases despite your 7-0 and start. How much pressure externally is on Harbaugh here? Well, I think there's been pressure on Harbaugh all season long, and, and they're at a place now where they've had a really good season up till now. But if you're looking at the Big Ten East, the season begins this weekend. This is when it starts for Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, uh, Penn State dropping those two games hurts. But this is where the fun begins in the Big Ten. Went from they two gotta be O H I O. Come on, Joey. You know what it is. <laughs> All about that end of season game. Joey knows a little bit about that. Hey, two teams who went from two wins apiece last year, 7-0. Game day's there Saturday.